money and the life will never show you no pity. Oh, I work hard trying to make my bones. But times have changed and I just got to move. Can't run away, can't run away, can't run. Welcome to Writer's Tricks of the Trade. I'm Morgan St. James, and I'll be your host for the next 30 minutes, along with my co-host, Dennis and Griffin. Our new show airs on the second and fourth Wednesday of every month, 6 o'clock Pacific Standard Time and 9 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. The Writer's Tricks of the Trade brand includes my book of the same name, and it's available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and most online bookstores. I also publish a bi-monthly e-zine, a blog, and now this show with topics that will cover everything from A to Z when it comes to writing and the book business. Our guests are professionals in the publishing business, as well as authors who will share some of their experiences and techniques. You can participate in tonight's show through our chat room, or if you want to call in, just dial 646-478-0982. That's 646-478-0982. Our producer, Eric Miller, is in Long Beach, California, at the BoucherCon Writers Conference, but he'll be manning the switchboard on future shows. Tonight's show is R for Rivet Your Reader. You know, with so many high-tech distractions these days, readers are so easily lured away from books or articles or stories that probably would have held them captive only a few years ago. So what can the writer do to create that page-turner, that book a reader doesn't want to put down? Denny and I will be exploring things like grabbing the reader from the get-go, working with hooks, um, just imagine a fish hook that doesn't let the fish get away. <laughs> I'm not saying uh, that readers are fish, you understand. And some tricks you can use to keep the reader turning the pages. We'll also talk about what you need to avoid, like the plague, if you don't want your book to go back to the to-be-read file, or worse yet, thrown away after only a few chapters or maybe even a few words. Just to give you some quick credentials, I've now written 11 books, plus over 600 articles about the craft and business of writing, and I frequently appear on panels, radio shows, or give workshops. Denny has written 16 books. He's appeared on TV as a, and as a speaker, a panel moderator, and Denny has hosted radio shows for the last eight years, so I'm working with a pro here. Uh, you can learn about me by visiting www. MorganStJames-Author.com, or you can visit WritersTricksOfTheTrade.blogspot.com, and there will always be a listing of upcoming new show topics. You can learn more about Denny at www.DennisNGriffin. That's G-R-I-F-F-I-N. Biz. B-I-Z. So now, without taking up any more time to sing our praises. Let's jump right into riveting your reader. Hey, Denny, have you got something to say? Yes, Morgan. First of all, congratulations on the new show. It's really, uh, I think, going to be a great thing. 
and uh, I remember when I was starting the writing business, I wish I'd have listened to a show like this because there was an awful lot that I didn't know. There's still a lot I don't know, but I was a total novice, and I could have used <laughs> I could have used some good guidance. Um, would have saved me a lot of steps in my writing career. So, uh, congratulations. Oh, thank you. You know, I've learned so much through the years from people that are actually working in the trade, not from necessarily teachers who had never published a book. Um, when you go to workshops and you listen to shows like this, you find about the stories from the trenches. Um, you know, like what we're talking about now, you give a reader the slightest reason to transfer their attention, and in this day and age, you could lose them. You know, back in the old days, authors could just wax on rhapsodically about anything that popped into their heads or resulted from putting their quill pen to paper. So they'd go on and on describing dark landscapes like the Scottish Moors, every detail of a character's home, or they'd lust and desire. And, you know, the lust and desire seemed to last decades without anything ever happening. But that's not the case today. You got something to say about that? Well, I, I certainly agree wholeheartedly. There there are so many things out there today to, to grab the attention. And I know that uh, my wife is an avid reader. And she uh, she now, when she reads a book, and if she isn't grabbed, if, if she doesn't find it to be, as, as we're calling, a page turner, she will discard that book. Uh, put it down and may never open it again if she's not if she's not interested. So it's very important to grab the attention and the interest of the reader. And you not only have to grab it, but you have to keep it because, yeah, like you, you say, the slightest distraction, they're gone. Yeah, yeah. You know, one way to hold on to the reader is if you create something they can't or won't put down. Um, kind of like the art of using the written word to carry them through to the final page. Yeah. And uh, I think probably one of the first things is having a killer opening, like you were saying. But then the thing is, what happens after that? You know, when the my, right, oh, goodness gracious, my tongue got in the way of my eye teeth. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, I couldn't see what I was saying. <laughs> <laughs> Once the reader's mind is in the author's clutches, then the question is, does it stay there, or does it escape off to something else because the writing is so ho-hum? When you pick up a book with a, a dynamic beginning followed with something like, well, it might have happened just like that, but here's the real story. It's a lead that quickly hits a dead end. What do you do when you pick up a book like that? Yes, it's uh, it, it can be a a definite. What should I say? Turn off or put yeah. Down. You know, I look at it and I think, why didn't they just tell me what happened? Why do I have to jump <laughs> through the hoops? <laughs> and I'm a cop, so I trip on the hoops. <laughs> It's, uh, uh, you know, Morgan, I I really believe uh, when I first started writing, 
um, I, I think uh, one of the first things I was told by by someone I met who had some experience was was I think they referred to it as the lead hook. You know, that was the grabber, the opening chapter, uh, preferably the opening page or the opening first, uh, first few paragraphs. And um, there wasn't so much thought, I don't think, and I'm going back 18 or 20 years now, there wasn't so much thought then. About, You're giving away your age, Danny. We're I, just young un- kids here, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but uh, there wasn't the emphasis on keeping the attention because the main thing was you hook them and then it was just kind of assumed because they had nothing else much to do. They didn't have all the distractions that no matter how the book was written, they kind of stick with it. If you yeah, well, that's what I was saying, like the fish flopping around on the hook, and even if it wanted to get away, it can't. Yeah. Yeah, so you know what? Let's let's take a hypothetical thing. Let's mm-hmm. set up an example with a hook. Um, let's say maybe the story is about a health care organization and they're ripping off the government. So, so let's assume the hook there is – was it really conceived and carried out simply to generate record-breaking profits, as Winston claimed? Okay, so we know Winston is a character. Winston is probably a whistleblower. And now, by putting that little question in the reader's mind, you know, was that the only reason that he did it, for record-breaking profits? So it does tell the reader that there's something wrong. What would you think if you were reading a thing like that? I mean, would you think that there might be something more going on and you wanted to keep reading to find out, well, what's this other thing they're alluding to? Exactly. I would want to get the answer to the question you asked. Was it really conceived? And I would want to find out. Find out. Yeah, so um, the hook shouldn't be buried. You know, it needs to clamp shut at the earliest time, grab onto that reader before they have a chance to consider even the slightest waiver in their attention. And give them the rebuttal to that so what before they say it, and then they'll keep reading. I mean, just like you said, you know, something like that would grab you. You'd want to know what was foreshadowed there. What, what Did Winston have an ulterior motive? And there could have been a gazillion things that would have motivated him to do what he did. So, okay, let's say after that we take them down a road with lots of twists and turns so that we keep the interest churning. And, you know, having lived in California for many years, I think of a canyon like Benedict Canyon with 15-mile-an-hour hairpin curves, you know, where you if you don't, make that curve, you're going to go off the deep end, so you're going to just keep with it. You you want to see what's happening. And you don't want them to take a detour, so don't even give them a route to take a detour. And, you know, I hate books that go off on tangents. And I'm trying to figure out what's happening in the questions they've posed for me And all of a sudden, they're off on a whole different bent, and I'm going, hey, wait a minute. Get back to that story. You know, you got five minutes. If you don't get back to it, man, you're in the trash. And um, I I can tell you about one book. I can never remember the title of it, but it took place at the High Point Furniture Market in South South Carolina. And I was an interior designer for years, so, you know, I know about stuff like that. And they had this whole thing where she, the author was leading up to this, 
you know, you're going to go off the cliff kind of thing, and, and you're trying to figure out, okay, okay, what's going to happen next? And all of a sudden she brings in a character that hasn't got a darn thing to do with the story, and he's some kind of a rug cleaner that ruined a rug because a dog peed on it, you know, which had nothing to do with the story. And she goes on for two chapters about how this rug cleaner was trying to clean the rug. And I'm thinking, oh, well, maybe this has something to do. You know, it's a backstory. Something's going on here I don't know about. And then, boom, the rug cleaner's gone, and we're back into the story. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, those are the kind of things you've got to avoid by, the, like, the plague and... And I do remember when I first started writing, the first published book that I actually had was one that has just been reissued in a second edition, A Corpse in the Soup, which was the first Silver Sisters mystery. And my sister and co-author, Phyllis, who will be a guest on our show in December, um, we went off on tangents. And we were working with an editor who said, who said exactly what I've just said. You know, you can't take them on a little journey around the park while they're trying to figure out who the killer is or who's going to get killed next. And so we learned an awful lot from that editor. And while there were cute little stories that were kind of side stories, we developed the technique of giving Flossie, the mother, who's an 80-year-old former magician's assistant, her husband was one of the five great Harrys of magic, or excuse me, I added two Harrys, the three Harrys of magic. And so we made her just be a little forgetful. So she'd start going off on a tangent on a story, and we'd let her have like maybe one line into the story. And her brother-in-law, who was also a magician, would say, hey, old girl, you're running off the tracks. Does this have anything to do with what we're trying to figure out? And she'd say, no, but it was a good story. You know, so that <laughs> way we kind of got that in. <laughs> without diverting the reader and having them go down the merry path while somebody's getting their, you know, head bashed in. Have you had any experiences like that? Well, I'll tell you, as as we were talking, I was thinking about something. It's not quite like that, but uh, I I wanted to mention, while it's in my mind, something about, uh, we mentioned that if if after the opening hook and and the initial... um, getting the reader interested, if you end up then from there, you end up with a ho-hum, boring um, boring chapters and boring story that you can lose the reader. And another way I found that, uh, and I remember,